0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Chaf Aleph in Maseches Nadarim, which means that we're starting the third paragraph of Maseches Nadarim. As always, we are learning Ilui Nishmas of Chaim Zeb and of Aaron Alevi, Uh Very, It was very much inspiring, and I can't, be, I can't believe it, Andrew and Barry. We're, we're really plowing through Baruch Hashem, and we continue all the way, all the way, the, the length and breadth of Shas. Um... Andrew, how's the, um, how's Moshe Ben? Uh, Mendel Ben Yeah, yeah. How's Menachem, Menachem Mendel Ben Okay, Menachem Mendel Ben Pesi. Uh, also for for, Shlema, for Menachem Mendel Ben Pessi. And Bezat Hashem I have Fourshlema Bakarov. I promised a colleague of mine, Dr. Julie Blumenfeld Schlita, she's a uh, pediatric dentist who works with me in um, Columbia Pediatric Dentistry. She knows me very well. We work together now for the last three years. She sometimes listens to the DAF, which is amazing. And uh, she usually listens to Rabbi Silber, though. But she said that, but I think, I think this would be an appropriate day to mention her, because she says of me that I like to take facts and color them in a certain way. <laughs> Why do I mention that? because it's very relevant to chapter three over here of Maseches Nadarim. Uh, because like this, we have until now, okay, discussed in the first two chapters of Maseches Nadarim, the idea of yodos and kinuim, right? That we talked about, first of all, the chiddish that you guys could tell I still can't get over. The chiddish that you can actually with the expression of words, literally changed something so that where it had previously had been mutter to you, now it's usur to you. Amazing, mido raisa. Okay, and the kinuim in yados, the idea there is that even though, even though the words that you said are, well, to us at least, unintelligible, right? We, can't, we can barely understand what you're trying to say. If we can figure out what you meant, okay, so then we're going to say that still your words are binding, which is even more amazing. Okay. Now we're going to learn the converse as we shift gears in the third parak of Maseches Nedarim. We're going to learn the converse where somebody is saying words that are very explicit, right? And yet we don't think that that's what you mean. And there again, we're going to see whether it's binding or not. Let's see uh, an example, like people who exaggerate. So for example, do you ever notice people will say, like, um, like I'll tell Dr. Julie. Uh, Dr. Julie is, uh, she, she's a very principled person and, and an excellent, excellent, excellent pediatric dentist, right, and she takes her patients very, very seriously, right, and a lot of times she sees me hanging around with Dr. Zaghi, and I'm, and I, and I'm just kind of like having a good time in the office, that's what I tend to do, right? And she says, Dr. Levy, do you even work for a living? That's, that would be a typical thing that she would say. And I would say, what do you mean? I literally saw a million patients today. So that's, you'll hear people say that. I li- you ever hear people use the word literally, <coughs> figuratively? So you say, I literally saw a million patients. So that, that obviously makes no sense, right? I could not have physically, literally seen a million patients. And yet that is the way that some people speak. So when people say, Right? I literally swear to do, this, to do this and this and that. Do we take them literally or do we take them figuratively? And now, Barry, we look inside as follows. Arban Nadarim, Hitiru Chachamim. Okay, so right away, we have a cryptic statement. But what it really means is uh, well, there are different ways that the Rishonim explain it. The way we're going to explain it is as follows that there are four types of Nadarim that the Chachamim will say. That you don't need to do She'ela on, that you don't need to undo. That's what I'm going to say. This, in other words, this is the blueprint. If you're, let's say, the Rabbi of shul, who's being Matir Nadarim, right? This is the blueprint of if the, what the person said It can be interpreted in one of the following four ways, then you could say that what the person said was not really what they meant. It was an erroneous statement and therefore they don't need to officially undo the neder. Even when they said the statement, it was officially a nonsensical statement and we could throw it out and they are not bound by it. That's how we're going to interpret Abra nadarim Hiti And these are the four categories as follows. Nidre Zeruzin. Okay, so that's motivational Nedarim. Motivational Nedarim is what the Gemara is going to explain most, uh, most in depth. Motivational Nadarim, the Gemara, explains it in a financial way. Like a guy says, uh, right, they're haggling, right? Um, you know, me and Barry don't do this. Me and Barry, whatever the price is, we're, we're, ta- we're Tamin. I, I was once in the, uh, <laughs> a tara made uh, fun of me. This was years ago. There's a place in Tel Aviv called Shuk HaPish Pashim where like yeah, Israelis and Arabs and all kinds of people you could, buy like a, um, you could buy big pizza ovens for like 200 shekel, you know what I mean? It's like you're getting, I don't know, stuff that fell off the wagon, and who knows where it came from, and you're getting it for cheap. And there are these beautiful wind chimes, and the, the lady said, that, that's going to be 35 shekel. And I said, no, those are beautiful. I would pay 50 shekel for those. She said, okay, fifty shekel. And I gave her fifty shekel. Atara. And then later I explained to Atara, oh, I got these beautiful wind I got such a good deal. They're only fifty shekel. She said, you know that like this is a pish pishim, right? You're supposed to get it for five shekel. <laughs> so I'm not a good bargainer, Andrew. But we'll see today that they um, that the the way that they use eruzim is where a guy says, I make a nether, I will not sell this for a penny less than 40 shekel. And the other guy says, I make a nether, I will not buy it for a penny more than 5 shekel. But Chazal are saying what? This is a negotiation tactic. That's what they mean by Zeruzim, right? They're not, they don't mean that they want to like start a zeros or make anything usher to them. They're just trying to posture or what they call anchoring. You know, I, I, I know about Dan Ariely, Andrew. Uh, Anchoring is when you, uh, it's it's two ways to negotiate, Barry. One way to negotiate would be to set the price a little higher, but like close enough that it's uh, like legit, like plausible deniability. Like that's what you meant. That's what you really want to pay, but really, that's what you really want to get, let's say, but you really want, are just keeping it a little bit above the border. Or there's anchoring. Where like the thing is worth five bucks, but you say five thousand dollars just to get it into the guy's head that this is a totally different thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that's nidre Zerizum. Okay, nidre havai. That's exaggeration, right? So that's we say that's the that's the million one, right? That you make a nether. And again, what does this have to do with nether? So yeah, you. This is um, what Rabbi Aryeh a great dafyomi master, points out. This is only going to work out if you say it in such a language and that we've already kind of discussed what that language would be. So now we're just going to the crux of the issue, which is if you said something in such a language where you said a statement and you said, I will, you know, whatever, not eat this, this, I will not eat this or this will be us or to me if I, right, so it's all in the context of a nether where you've attached it to something, but we're not talking about the attachment right now. We're just talking about the statement. So you say, this will be usher to me if I didn't see a million patients today. It's an exaggeration. You couldn't have possibly seen a million patients. That, that would be nidre hava'i. So again, darim that are connected to a, an exaggerated statement. V'nidre shgagos. Nidre shgagos will be explained later on hafei. We're going to spend a lot of time. This is what we're going to talk about, defining these terms during the parak. The mishnah over here and the Mefarshim don't really explain exactly uh, what we mean, um, right? We don't have uh, a uh, we don't have the Ran or the mafarish telling us really exactly what this means. But Chicago basically means it's erroneous in some way. Okay, that you say it, but you, but you don't really know what you're saying. Venidre on That's when the darim with circumstances a conditional nether, but. One where the condition ends up not being under the control of the person making the neder, right? So that ends up being defined later on Chav Zion, And there we're going to explain what the Nidre Onsen are. The the Gemara is really going to start with the Nedre Zeruzin, the the first one. But just know that it's four categories, so something to look forward to. What is a, again, Zeruzin, where you're motivational, that we'll discuss today. What are examples of exaggerating the Dharm, That which Dr. Julie thinks that I'm uniquely qualified to talk about, to teach. Nidre gagos, <laughs> right, that which is unwitting, and Nidre Onsen, which is beyond your control. Okay, so we start with Nidre Zeruzim, Cesar Mishnah. Nidre Zeruzim, Ketzan. What's the example of a Nidre Zeruzim? you're in Shukapish You're selling an item. The Amar Sha'ini Poches Min Hasela. So now we're starting to see the language of how this is formulated. He says, a konum, I'm making some sort of, and it's not really explicit, but I'm making some sort of nether here that I will not lower my selling price to less than a sella. A seller is four dinar. I bumped into a guy, his name is Newman, I think. He he Daven's Rabbi Chaim Schwartz's shul. And every time I'm in there. He walks over to me and he show, carries all these coins with him. You remember, you remember the living Torah that Yoni Baron Shalita brought all his coins from the living Torah? So this guy is a living Torah on steroids. He has every coin. He's collected it. He's bought it Egyptian from that time period, from the dinarim, from the time period of the Gemara. And he keeps saying, he emails me. He must be going to spam because he follows me around. And I think his name is Newman. Yeah. And, and and I have to look into my spam because he's got every coin and we ha- we do have to go over that because I'd love to have it out here to show you. It's It seems so um, unrelatable when we talk about Sela and Dinar, but he's got them all right in front of me. He's showed them to me and he shows me how it gets thinner and thinner and thinner and then once it gets a certain thinness, it's, you can't be just like thin, like Atara's homemade locks where it's just like so thin you could see through it. It has to be smaller at a certain point because it can't get any thinner, and copper, and what you want to make thinner, what you want to make thicker, what's copper, what's silver. It's very cool. But be that as it may, I say I'm not, we'll get into that Bezrat Hashem as we like to say, um, I, when, we, when we go through Shkollim, second, second round, Andrew. <laughs> be that as it may, okay, so he says, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to, I swear, I'm not, the, the selling price is not going to be less than four dinar, okay, or a seller. Right? So they're in the Shukar Pish Pashim and they're bargaining. So the other buy, the buyer, so the seller says it's not going to be less than four dinar. And he says, I am not going to give you more than a shekel. A shekel happens to be two dinar. So, right? so if I showed you the coins, it would be more relatable. But a seller is four dinarim, A shekel is two dinarim, And so, um, so he says, I'm not going to give you more than a shekel. Which is to say, I'm not giving you more than two dinarim. The other guy says I'm not giving you less than four dinarim. How much do you think this thing is going to sell for, Andrew? Can you guess? That's, so, so Andrew is not going to speculate. I like that. So the Mishnah concludes with the answer. wrote in bishlosh dinarim. As we finally arrive at In other words, both of them know it's good where this is headed. They both know he's going to pay three dinarim. They're, they know they're going to meet in the middle. Very good, Andrew. That's the average of two and four, right? They know they're going to meet at three. Well, what do you mean they know they're going to meet at three? We, we, They made a nether, right? One guy, uh, they they attached a nether to it. One said Konam, the other one said Konam. One said, I am not, right? My, My mother is a donkey or something even legitimate, right? One, He said something, uh, there's no way. I will, whatever. And again, we don't spell it out, but it doesn't matter. They said something that sounded like a legitimate nether that made it sound like there is no way on God's green earth that they're going to do more than two dinar. And there's no way that I'm going to sell it for less than four dinar. Sure enough, they sold it for three and everybody was happy. That's what Chazal say. That's the kind of nether where you don't need to go to a rabbi to undo that nether that you made in the shuk when you were haggling, because those neders are nonsensical. That's called neders reason. Okay? So far so good, Barry? Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. You have told us the name of Yehuda Nesiyah. Who is the Tana that taught this? Rabbi Yehuda, he. Okay. Rabbi Taraphon. Right, it seems like all of these Nadar and Mishnais are either Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Judah. Doesn't it seem that way? Okay, so he says, "What did Rabbi Huda say in the name of Rabbi Tarfon, mehem nazir Okay. So what's going on here? So Rabbi Tarfon, okay, in Maseches nazir and daf lamed daf lav had a certain situation where you had a group of people okay traveling on a road and they see a person coming towards them now two in the group two different people were there and they had a disagreement right one guy said hey look Ruvain's coming here the other one said uh right and the other one said it's not it's not that's not Ruvain that's Shimon and you know how it is when dudes are together, an argument ensues. Okay, so the guy said, You don't understand. I know his gait. I know the guy I grew up with him. He said, Let me put it to you this way I'm going to be a Nazir, right? And he makes that statement, right? If, unless that's Ruvain, right? Okay. And then the other guy says, He's so sure that that's Shimon, right? He said, I'm going to be a Nazir. Now it's weird. They said that they're going to be a Nazir if I'm right. <clears throat> okay. So what does our retarphone rule? And this is a Mishnah, right, in Nazir. Our retarphone rules that, well, one of them is going to be right. Well, because they didn't say this is Reuben, this is Shimon. They, the, 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 the argument was one said it's Reuben. The other one said it's not Reuben. So it's a zero-sum game where one of them by definition is right. Because every guy in the world is either Ruvain or not Ruvain, right? So they said this is, you know, Ruvain Glass, right? Well, specific Ruvain. So one guy says this is Ruvain Glass and Schlita. And the other guy says this is not Ruvain. Uh-oh. One of them is for sure true. And both of them ascribed a Naziris to it. Okay. So what does Rabbi Tarfon say? Well, one of them is going to have to be a Nazir, right? Because they made a nether of Naziris attached to this statement. So which one of them is going to be a Nazir, Andrew? The answer is, Rabbi Tarfan says, neither. Why? Mm-hmm. Because Naziris is only when you have a clear statement that leaves no doubt. Okay? A clear statement that leaves no doubt. Well, when you say this is Rubain, this is not Rubain, well, one of them is wrong. And since one of them is wrong, that means, and at the time that, there was, that they were having this argument, we didn't know which one it was, it was not a clear statement, right? This was not rock solid, this was something that was left in doubt. Whether the approaching individual is Ruvain or not is something which is left in doubt, and therefore it has to be rock solid in the moment of the nether. And since there's a dispute in the moment of the nether, neither of them are, is going to be a Nazir according to Rabbi Tarfon, okay? Now, at the, so, so, okay, so similarly here, we have a conditional nether, okay? So now, we have a conditional nether, and the buyer and the seller, they're actually, right, not serious. It's not, it's impossible for this thing to go, right, at the same time, which way is this going to go, this negotiation? Is it going to go no less than four? Or is it going to go no higher than two? Well, one of them could be right. Maybe it'll go below two. Maybe it'll go above four. So the first thing that our, that our Gemara seems to think is that the reason why, right, um, the reason why we throw out both of these Nadarim is because of the fact that they can't both be true. Never the twain shall meet, right? One guy's saying, I'm not going above two dinarim. The other guy's saying, I'm not going below four dinarim. So at the moment of this negotiation, we don't know which way it's going to go. And therefore, since a neder and of naziris and other types of nadarim, whatever they may be, are equal or equivalent in terms of uh, what they require this is how the Iran explains what's going on according to what they the level of certainty that they require and since that level of certainty at the time of the negotiation does not exist therefore this case of the negotiation should be compared to the case in Nazir of Rabbi Tarfon right, who sees the approaching Nazir now I would have said that maybe it's not that way Well, we'll see in the Gemara but I would have said those are two very. There's a lot of differences between two cases. Put it that way. One case is that is that in the case of Ru- the approaching anonymous Ruvain, right? It really is a zero sum game. It's going to be one or the other. That's one difference. Another difference is there was a level of certainty in that argument when in Nazir when they had the approaching Ruvain, and it wasn't really like what we're saying is that it's merely posturing right? In other words, they were more serious in the case of Ruvain, right? Because it was going to fall exactly one way or the other. Don't forget, in our Mishnah, the answer ended up being neither, right? And neither of them was necessarily serious. They may have not even been really literal. They may have just been posturing. So it's really different. But in the Hava Amina, right? At this point in the Gemara, we're saying that the comparison to Nazir is that we have a Negotiation situation We don't know which way The negotiations is going to go And so er, Even if they meant What they said At the time We would not. Ne- we would throw out Both statements Which That's the Chiddush Rebitarfon Chiddush Tarfon is That even in a more extreme case Where they both mean What they say And it's that One of them is for sure right And one of them is for sure wrong We still throw out both cases Because any time You ascribe a neder To something where you don't know How it's going to turn out We throw Both nadarm out That's what this line in the Gemara means. Fine. So that was the statement of Rabbi Abraham that he said to Rabbi Ami. However, Rava Amar, Rava says, I don't think so. He says, I feel right? Even if you hold like the Rabanan in that Mishnah Nazir, right? Who don't right, who don't hold like Rabbi Huda in the name of Rabbi Tarfon. They hold that the condition on the Dharm should be ex- uh, effective. Ratsu. Does our Mishnah say they both agree to three dinarim? What was the last line of our Mishnah? It says Shnehem Rotsin Bishloshadinaram that both are okay after the fact. Not Ratsu, but Shnehem Rotsim Katani. They are agreeable. Okay. So what does that mean? So he says he's saying that that was right, they both if they said they both agreed, right? That means that they both agreed to the end price and they did not intend to. But here it says, when it says rotsin, it means that that's literally what they intended, which is to say that they didn't really mean what they said. So Rava is saying the answer that we said. In other words, Rabbi Abraham Mamal is saying that even if they both, and that's really what's what's happening here in, in the Gemara. The, the, the issue here is like this, that Rabbi Abraham Mamal is saying to Rabbi Ami that even if they both really meant their neder, even if they both really meant it, like the one guy said, in his mind, I'm for sure never going above two. And the other guy's saying, I'm for sure never going below four. Even if they meant it, it would still not be Naziris. And that has to go like Rabbi Yehuda, according to Rabbi Tarfon, because Rabbi Tarfon is going to say that if we have to wait to see how this plays out, then both in the Dharm go away. Whereas Rabbi is saying, no. That even if you go, that this has nothing to do with the Mishnah Nazir. That if you go with the Rabbanon, and even if you're going to go that one of these guys is going to end up being a Nazir in the case of, of of the approaching Ruvain. In our Gemara, in our Mishnah rather, they didn't even mean it. And so it's not the same case. The lesson of our Mishnah is not the lesson of the Mishnah in Nazir, this lesson of the amb- ambiguous nether with the undetermined outcome. No, the lesson of our Mishnah is that of the guy who didn't really mean what he said. And that's a lesson, right? So even if you held like Larabanon in Nazir, it, it says Shnehen in, which is a revelation of their intent. And once we know that they didn't mean what they said, we throw out the Naziris regardless. So now the Gemara asks, Amla Ravina Okay. Marbitsir Mishekel. Okay. So let's go with Rava. Let's say that the negotiation is one guy says, I'm not going to sell it for uh, less than four dinarum, and the other guy says I'm not gonna buy it for more than two dinarm. So that, let's say, is your regular right standard operating procedure of negotiation and it's within reason, and we say neither of them really meant. They both really were, were they both knew where it was going, it was gonna be three dinarm. So that's the lesson of our mission of fine. But what would be the case if a guy said, No, 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 no. I am going, I will not sell this, they're not on the same page at all. One guy says, you don't understand, this is the Hope Diamond, right? I'm not selling this for less than $100,000. And the other guy says, that's not the Hope Diamond, you got that out of a cereal box, dude. I'm not paying more than so they're $2. So they're talking about two totally different things. So the question Barry here is, this is not a negotiation. The fact that they are saying, and there's two ways that the run wants to explain it. I'm going to explain it, one of them. The second way of the run makes a little bit more sense to me, or at least it's easier to explain. And the question is like this. When they, According to the second explanation of the run, if they are so far apart that already now it's not a negotiation, but they, they're so far apart that you realize they're saying something very specific, that they're more real. In other words, if it's just really close enough that you could say it's a negotiation in the Shuk, so we know that they don't mean what they said. But if one guy, let's say it's at a jeweler, right, and one guy says this this is real, and the other guy says this is fake, so now already maybe is that still a negotiation? Or is that real enough that we're going to say, oh, no, they don't necessarily have something else in mind. They are being more serious, and therefore whatever nether they attach to this negotiation should work. That's the question that Ravina asked for vashi, right? So again, amarlo lo tfei misela, v'Alamar betzil Now they're so far apart. The one guy saying this jewelry is real; it's as real as the uh, big engagement ring on Julie Bloomfeld's finger. And the other guy said, "No, no, no Julie Bloomfeld, that's a fake. She would never walk around with that." So nidra have or zeruzin have? Is that a bona fide neder? Uh, because of the fact that they're now they're talking real talk. Or do we still say it's a negotiation? That was a question Ravina asked Servashi. Vashi. said, Amar Tanina. That was already learned in a Mishnah. We didn't learn it yet. We're gonna learn it in Daf Samach Gimel and Bez. In Maseches Nedarim as follows. What does it say over there? Like this. Hey, Somebody's urging, I, I invite Dr. Julie to our meal, to our house as a guest. To eat by us for Shabbos. and Dr. Julie says back to me. She was in my kitchen yesterday, and I got pictures. She was with Atara in the kitchen. Don't ask. So she, but but let's say, but until then, I don't think she had been to the to, to the new house. So let's say she refused, which she didn't do. But let's say she refused and said no way, and she makes a neder, right? She makes a neder, right? And she makes some sort of neder where she says, and she attaches it to, I'm never going to walk into your house. And tipas tsonen shenitoem. Tipas sonen means a drop of cold water. Nor will I have a drop of cold water. And so she made a neder. And this is going to be, again, the Mishnah on, right? gimel, Where I'm inviting Dr. Julie to my house. She says, a nether, and attaches that nether to I will never walk into your house, I will never have a drop even of water in your house, it's not happening. Can she still, despite the nether, walk into the house, says the Mishnah, in Samach Gimel, yes. Mutter likanis leveto. Dr. Julie could still come to my house. And she can eat, drink, and be merry in the house, despite her nether, to the contrary. Why should that be allowed, says the Gemara? l'l'shum achila why because she knows that it, the reason why in other words what was her kavana when she made the nether achila her kavana was she knows that if she comes to my house and she starts you know drinking that atara is going to start pulling out their charcuterie board and sushi as far as the eye can see and whining and dining her, and she doesn't want to trouble Atara. And so it's an exaggerated language where she says, I'm not going to walk into your house, and i you not going to have a drop of water. But we know that one of these days, she's going to bring Jacob and all the kids, and the whole family is going to come, and they, sure enough, they are going to come and eat and drink and be merry. She's being, right, a very, uh, she, she's overstating it, right? She's overstating it because she doesn't want to trouble Atara right now. And that's a manner of speaking. So that's the mission that we're going to learn on Samach Gimel. Okay, so you would think, right? So what's what's Rav, Ravashi explaining to Ravina? So at this point, right, Ravashi is going to try to say that even in these exaggerated, super exaggerated negotiations, it can be exaggerated, and we still say that you don't mean what you say. That's what that's what Ravashi is trying to prove from our Mishnah. Right? right? Why is he saying that she's, why is Julie saying she's not going to have this sip of water? In other words, why is it that even though she made this nether, she's not going to walk into my house and have a drop of water, why is she allowed to come in and, and eat and drink and be merry? After all, she said she's not even going to have a drop of water. So what gives? We have to say that when a person talks in that manner, right, he doesn't really mean it. So similarly, hachanami mishtai inish hachi. Similarly to in a person in a situation where a guy says, This is the Hope Diamond, and I'm not selling it for less than a million dollars, and the other guy said, You got it out of a cereal box, and I'm not buying it for less than three dollars. That seems exaggerated. It seems like they're talking about apples and oranges, so to speak. And it seems like they're serious. And still we say that even in extreme cases, and this is the point, even in extreme cases. We say that it's a, it can be referred to as a manner of speaking and the, and the nether is not taken seriously. It's taken as a colloquial way of, sp- of talking. That was Ravashi's response. To which Ravina says, that's a different case. On so Ravina says back to Ravashi, me dummy, are these two cases the same? The one of the shuk and the one of Dr. Julian not coming to my house? After all, Gabi tsonen, tzadikim oymir v'ayisim When it comes Right To drinking Just cold water We know that Atara That's well known Even though she hides it And so she says very little She's not I, I, I'm the one that um, Hijacks all the talking In the family And she's the one that does all the doing That's our division of labor Barry So she So so Julie knows this She knows this well enough So she knows That she's going to walk in And Atara's going to start Preparing, like this past week's Parsha, like Sare Imenu. She's going to start running around, right, and preparing. So she knows that. Tzadikim Oymir V'osim harbei. They say little, but they do a lot. So that is the reason why Dr. Julie is refusing to, to do anything, because she knows the second she breaks that seal and walks in, all right, all the stops. We're going to pull out all the stops and she's going to get the red carpet with the full treatment. And it is for that reason that she's exaggerating, say, I won't w- walk into your house and I won't have a drop of water. But haka's who? But that has nothing to do with this. In other words, that's a common courtesy. That's the way people are when it comes to being invited to someone's house. But that is not relevant to our discussion in the shuk. We were in the middle of a real discussion about where you're having a conversation about whether the diamond is real. That's not a... The same discussion, right? Achas here when you have more than a sela and less than a shekel, that's a real suffix. Dilma pachos shekel Kamar. Maybe they were serious because they were so far apart in what they thought was the true value, right, of this thing, where one guy thought it really was right a sela or more, and the other one really thought that it was a shekel or less. Right? So this that's a, the question there, did they really Maybe it was an extreme negotiation topic. What that I misread that little line. What I meant was, maybe it was an extreme negotiation topic where he who said he's not going to do less than a sella really was willing to go. That's what it means. He was really willing to go less than a sella means that the guy who said he's not going to pay more than Shekel really was willing to go Yasser shekel B'ziru's and Havi, and he w- it was really an extreme negotiation topic. Oh, uh, uh, a real tactic. oh Dilma davka kamar nidra Havi, right? Or, as we originally stated in our question, maybe they were really serious, right, when their negotiation is so far apart, it's hard to tell. Are they negotiating? Or are they being serious about what they believe to be the value of this item, right? And that was the original kasha, and that cannot be resolved by the case of Dr. Julie coming, being invited to my house. Um, and we don't really know what the answer is. As the Gemara concludes, tibayi. Tzarech'i and Andrew. We, really, every case will have to be judged on its own merits. That's a, that's a really good question, right? When the, when the negotiation is so far apart, we don't really know. But we have learned a lot, haven't we, Barry? Because we've learned that when, you, when Dr. Julie says she's not going to come to my house or even have a little bit of water, she doesn't mean it. It's happening. And that day will come where all of you, Bezat Hashem, will be hosted at some point. And so that, we know, is just a manner of speaking. And similarly, when the negotiations are closer, we know that that's just a manner of speaking. And anything that will be attached to Naziris, in and in Zachir Shavar Mishnah, anything that will be attached to any kind of neder, right, in that context will be thrown out, because it's just a manner of speaking, and it's not what you mean. So we see, it's not always what you say, it's what you mean. It's only in the case where, wait a minute, did you really mean that? that we have the suffix and you'd have to investigate each individual case as such. Okay, So now we're five lines down on Chafal from the And we're going to say, what did the Mishnah mean when the say Chachamim m- matirin"? What was the exact Lashon? The, the Lashon of the Mishnah was Arban Adarim Hitiru Chachamim. Hitiru Chachamim. Yudam Ravasi. Arban Adarim halalot Uh-oh. There's a statement that says that these four types of Nadarim need She'ela L'Chacham. Well... Barry, that's exactly the opposite of our, our, what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah said, hitiru chachamim. it sounds like you, Dafka, don't need the She'ela. That's how we explained it. That we assume that you weren't serious and therefore you don't need hataris Nadarim. And, and, and Rabbi, Rabbi Huda is quoting Ravasi, is saying the exact opposite, that you need hataris Nadarim. So Rabbi Huda says, Ki kar-misa shmuel when I said this right statement of Ravasi in front of Shmuel, he said, tana, tana, he said, what are you saying? Right? We know that the Mishnah says, we just read the Mishnah, the first Mishnah, the third parak, says that this is what the Chachamim or Matir. And you're saying that you need the Chachamim Matir without any She'ela. And you, Dafka, say that these four categories need She'ela? What are you saying? You're saying against the explicit Mishnah. Oh, so now we say no. It must be that Rebbe who said something else in the name of Ravazi. Rather, of Yosef Mas'el, Hashemais Abba'ilishna. If Yosef learned that, no, 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 no. This piece of Tanaic information was said in a different way as follows: Amr Yudam Aravasi, right? Rabbi Yudam Aravasi didn't say that Shrihim Sheilachacham. Rather, Amr Yudam Aravasi Ain Chacham Rasha Ilahatir Ela Kein Arba Nedarim Halalu. Ah, oh, okay, well that's a different thing. In other words, these four types of Nadarim, So again, our Mishnah said that they are thrown out without any visit to the rabbi to do it. Rabbi Yudah said in Ravashi something a little different. He held that he had a source that if a chacham wants to undo somebody's nether, he's only allowed to undo it if it, if he can identify that the person who made the nether was saying it in one of these four ways, right? This is the blueprint of how you can, uh, if you're a rabbi and you're in, right, you're taking smicha and you're in the, let's say, YU smicha program and you're taking what they call CRs, uh, they used to call them, uh, Right, like uh, practical rabbinic right teachings, right? Uh, practical rabbinic halacha. So, if you're doing so, they're going to teach you in another in the hataras class, right? You have to know everything, right? You got to be the first line of defense for mental health if they come to you. You got to know hilchas nida. You got to know hilchas kashras, right? In the olden days, you had to know whether the chicken was shecht, right had a shecht. Yet to know a lot, right? The rabbi deals with a lot. Avelos Rachman al How to be Misadar Kedushin? How to do Mechiras Chametz? Right? There's a lot of practical things, right, that a rabbi needs to do on a daily basis. Okay, and one of those is Hataris Nadarim. So when you're taking the Hataras Nadarim class, this is the curriculum. They teach you the four things of our Mishnah, and they say if it's Ruzin, right, Havaish, Gagos, or Onsin, how to identify those four categories, as we'll be learning in this parak. And then how to do the Hattars and the accordingly. So these are two different versions, right? We said that those, if you can identify that, you don't really even need to do the She'ela. Another way of saying it is that if you can identify it, then as the rabbi, you can, at that point, undo the She'ela. As opposed to, as the Gemara continues to explain, Kasavar, ein poschen becharata. That's the one thing that would not work. In other words, charata is the one thing that doesn't work. We had Rabbi Reese come, and he said... Um, you know, anytime you think you're doing somebody a favor, if, you, if that favor is not defined by the halacha, it may not be a favor at all. So they had these orthodox rabbis. They allowed a guy not to give a get. That's how he got involved with agunos. He allowed a guy not to give a get because it was inconvenient. The woman wasn't there. They thought they were doing them a favor. So they wrote him a letter that he doesn't need to give because had she known when she married him that, you know, whatever, he would snore at night or that he wouldn't be such a nice guy 30 years down the line, she wouldn't have married him in the first place. That's called charata. That doesn't work Guys, we have fairish. We know fairish that, that doesn't work. Harata in its own right, and we already talked about this, right, regret that it didn't, you know, you make a business deal, Andrew. And you make a business deal because you think it's going to be a good deal. It turns out it wasn't as, as profitable as you thought. You don't go back to the guy and say this was a mekakhtos because I thought I was going to make a killing. That's the cost of doing business, right? That's understood. That it has to be something more than that, something, right? So we have four categories of where it was never meant to be in the first place. That's a different thing. But to say harata, that classic example is a machlokas. Whether that would work, right? So what we're saying here is Rabbi Yosef learned it in a way that what would Rabbi Yehuda Ravasi, saying that when you're learning. Practical halacha in rabbinical school, you learn that he's holding, what he's trying to teach you is that charata is not a Pesach. Ain't poskin be That's not a reason uh, that, to undo a nether. Fine. And now we're going to learn a, right, a practical story from where, where we see that that in fact is what Ravuna Huna, that that, that, that that is in fact a controversial issue. Because whereas, right, we learned in the name of Assi that he thinks Harata, that simple regret, is not a reason to undo a nether, not everybody held that way. Because Ravuna, in fact, held that it is enough to undo a nether. And that's the point of our, uh, according uh, according to the statement of Ravasi, uh, of Ravasi, that is the point. That whether charata is a reason enough to undo a nether is a controversial issue as follows. Huda also So there's a story. Somebody came in front of Ravu, uh, Ravuna with a nether, and he's trying to get out of it. That's the part of the story that the Gemara doesn't spell out. And Amalei, Liba and Ravuna said, was your, uh, did you really have everything in mind? Did you know exactly what you meant? That's kind of what he means. He says, are you in the same frame of mind now that you were when you made the nether in the first place? So Amalei, so this individual came to Ravuna, the rabbi, Amalei, lo, vishariye, where, whereupon Ravuna, released him. So it sounds from that story, he says, are you in the same, do you have the same mindset now that you had then? That sounds like pure regret. And still, he undid the neder. Or another incident, look made the Rabbah Okay, so we see the school of Ravuna is strong here on this regard. If you would have had, right, a minion of people, if you would have been at the uh, 625, soon to be 620, Shari Zion minion, and the great people of that minion were able to, what? Were able to talk to you and and explain to you, right, that you're supposed to have a different perspective at the time in the nether. I mean, Adarta, would you have made this nether? Amalelo. He said, no. And Rabbi Baravuna, under the nether. So this is a source to say that some believe, this is a source among Amaraim, that shows you that some believe that pure regret is enough to do atars nadarim. And as we see, our Mishnah, seems to say against that. We seem to be, until now, of the mindset that regret is not a grounds for undoing a neder. But that, we see, was controversial amongst the Yomarayim. And now, as we're going to see, that, in fact, was controversial even amongst the Tanaim. As the Gemara continues to say, Tanya, we have a brysa, Rabbi Yehuda Oymar, Alecha. Wow, the same idea. We say to a person, are you still in the same frame of mind that you were then? If he says, no, I've changed my mind, we can actually undo the neder. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel by Rabbi Yosi, I'm in ilo Adam shi fazuk ba'ot ha'Shoa mina darta imar lav matir nato. Along the same lines, so we have the source of Rabbi Huda and also Rabbi Yosi, right? Because Rabbi Shmuel Yosi is quoting his father uh, along the similar lines. So this is not just something Rabbi Huna made up; he learned it from Tanaim. Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yosi said, if again the minion asar Adam would have right. Talk to you, if I sucha, and been able to give you the proper um, direction and advice at the time that he made the nether, would you have made it? He said, no. In other words, he regrets the frame of mind, and that is enough, it's a mechlokas tanaim, that is enough, right, to undo the nether. So now eight lines up from the bottom of Chafal of Amad Nor, Next week already we will be stopping here, but I would have gone faster, told you less stories, and not even perhaps mentioned Dr. Julie. So thank God it's this week and not next week. And we have five more minutes to finish the daf as follows. Says the Gemara. Simon Asi Velazar Yochanan Vyyanai. We're just gonna have a little mnemonic for the for the stories we're gonna say now, as follows. A person came in front of Ravasi to get try to get out of Amalu kadu tahis. Have you regretted? That's what that means. Have you already regretted it? Amalelo? He said, uh he said, "He didn't really say." You have to read that properly. Amalei, lo, are you kidding? You think I didn't? Veshariyeh. In other words, he did. Okay, right? Okay. So, in other words, Amalei Kadute. The way the way you would read it colloquially today is, he says, "Do you regret what you did?" And he said, "You think?" Right, like that. Right. In other words, certainly I regretted it. Veshariyeh, and just the regret, Ravasi, let him go, as we've seen right? So now we have Asiya Lazar Yanai. These are we're all gonna see, do they hold that regret in its own right is grounds for undoing a nether. So somebody came in front of Rabbi Lazar. He Says, so Rabbi Lazar said to him, Do you still want your nether to be enforced? ilu huh. li Again, the classic regret. Had I not been bereges. had I not been upset and angry, I wouldn't have I never made this nether. Amalei tehei voice." He said, Let it be as you wish, right, advice as you want, and therefore we undo your nether. So, wow, this is real basics of Nadarim here, right? We have a slew of chachamim who say that, that mere regret or saying I wasn't in the right frame of mind, or I said it in haste, or I said it in anger, and I regret it, and I'd have a different frame of mind now, is grounds, according to some, very controversial. According to some that's grounds for undoing the nether Third story a woman made a nether against her daughter okay they got into a mother Rabbi fight. that came in front of Rabbi Yochanan to undo the nether Allah when you made this nether, if you had known what the what they would say what the neighbors would say about you, what would the neighbors say? They would say, look at this. The reason why this mother and daughter are estranged is because the daughter like went off the derech and they started saying all kinds of Lashon Hara about the daughter. Because obviously otherwise the mother would not have disowned her. So it started a whole Lashon Hara campaign against her daughter. So now she regrets that she made the neder. So the Chacham, Chachamim, right? The rabbi of the shul said, had you known that it would have this ripple effect, would you have made the aziva. Had her mother not seen Right, you know, That's what the neighbors would say As we arrive at Chaféz The The neighbors would say That had she not right, uh, Done something wrong had this girl Not done something wrong Her mother would have never done this nether And that started a whole Chain reaction of Lashon Hara So bichdi lo adarta Right If she would not have declared the nether If she had known that In other words Right, In other words, this nether would not have happened. This is what the neighbors are saying. This nether would not have happened unless she really did something wrong. If you had known that people would say that, would you have made such a nether? She said, I would not have made such a nether. And based off of that, they allowed the nether. Now, the fourth final incident, Barbar of Sava, also the of Sava, the son of the daughter of Yana the elder came. And you know, at the time of the nether, that as a result, they would open up write your ledger in heaven and start scrutinizing all of your deeds. dart, would you have done it? Amalei, lo, visharyei. And again, there was a regret. We'll resume tomorrow six lines down on Chafbeiz Amadalef with this idea, having said these four stories to illustrate the idea that some Chachamim say that just regret alone is enough to undo a nader.